Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Welcome back to She and Her, a feminist podcast with a Southern spin. Sandra. Anita. We are here. It's a miracle. It truly is. We've been promising this for many months now. I would say nearly half a year, <laughs> it seems. And I want to personally apologize to all our fans out there who've actually followed up about this. Uh, they've ranged from our moms a <laughs> yes. lot. I think my mom asked me about once every two weeks. Yes. What's going on with she and her. Yes. To some of our more non-related, non-kin listeners. Yeah. And we appreciate you guys' ongoing interest. And today we are delivering on a promise we made last year, which is to do an online dating episode. And before we get too far down this rabbit hole, I need to disclose that I myself have never online dated. I've been dating someone for eight years. We started dating when we were in college, and I feel like online dating didn't really become, particularly like dating apps, weren't really a thing until right at the end of college or maybe like the year after we graduated. I don't know if you agree or disagree. Yeah, I agree. I feel like I didn't really know about it until I moved to New York right after college, and I feel like there... I was very aware that a lot of people were doing it. So I don't know whether it was because we were in college and we were kind of isolated from that. But I do feel like, yeah, around 2011, 2012, it seems like things really took off yes. in that realm. And maybe in college you don't really have to online date because you're just, you know, surrounded all the time by your peers. So you have this, um, you know, dating pool. Yeah. Anyways. Um, well, so you actually have done some online dating. I have done some online dating. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? <gasps> sure. <laughs> <laughs> Take swig of kombucha in place of wine. Yeah, get crazy. I'm um, getting so crazy. High here. alcohol content. Um, yeah, so I have dated online. Um, it was a couple of years ago at this point, and it started as just sort of a learning how to date again after a long relationship and getting back mm. in the swing of, you know, what it's like to meet people and date. And it was really overwhelming, honestly, at first, because I hadn't, yes, yeah, same to you, I started dating 
um, my boyfriend at the time, we started dating in college, and I hadn't dated anyone in my whole time in New York until coming back. And so I didn't really know what to expect, and I had no idea sort of what the rules were of online dating. So in sort of traditional me fashion, I did a lot of <laughs> interviewing all my friends who had online dated and asked them about all of their various tips and tricks. Um, which apps? How which to, apps? How to set it up? Yeah, and I was, think I think you used a picture that I took as one of your. I think original, I did, and I think I, I think took I it did. and I said, "This is your online dating photo." <laughs> <laughs> that is right, you did. But there's like there's a pretty big learning curve <laughs> yeah, to figure out, and a lot of it has to do with location. I think because I remember in New York, most people, most of oh, most of my like colleagues and friends there, I guess, used a mix of like Tinder and OkCupid. But I felt like down here, the people that were on there were different people on different apps. And, like the biggest pool of people was on Tinder, and that was mm. the one that I felt like had like the sleaziest reputation. Yeah, but that was actually the one that I found to be one that gave me the most <laughs> sense of agency mm-hmm. because like with some of these apps, like anyone can message you, oh, and yeah, you have you like no that. control. And it was, no, I wanted to like very easily be able to shut on and off any communication. Yes. So yes, I I dove into that world. It was fascinating. So I, well, and I was, I remember we picked out your profile picture and that's something that I have always pondered about as I have not used a dating app. Like what would I do? Well, how would I frame myself on these profiles? And so our first guest on this episode has a lot of opinions about what to and not to do when you're building your dating profile. So, Anita, who, who are we about to hear from? Yeah, so we're going to hear from Laura Lee, a dear friend of mine, and she has been using dating apps on and off for over a decade. So lots of experience over the years. And the very first time that she started using online dating, she actually discovered her ex's profile on the dating site that she was on. Many moons ago, so like circa 2004, I broke up with a boyfriend and I was like heartbroken and devastated and like just not in a good way. And I remember going on Match.com and finding his profile and thinking, you can just be anybody you want to be on the internet. He listed that he spoke French. So I think he'd like, you know, taken like high school French that everybody had taken. And he could probably say like, he'd probably like order a beer, or, like ask for the bathroom. But I wouldn't categorize him as like someone who spoke French. Right. But on Match.com now he speaks French. And I can't remember the other. But there were several things like that that were like kind of maybe technically true, but not at all like an accurate picture of who he really was. So in, so that was my like initial exposure to online dating and then sort of my initial aversion to it like. I knew this person in real life. This picture online didn't match who I knew that person to be. So why am I going to like try to find other people online that I feel like may or may not match who they really are? Tell us about your setting up your first profile. Like what do you remember thinking when you put together yours? I think the influence of sort of being genuine and trying to like paint an accurate picture, right? Like you want to put your best foot forward, but also be genuine and authentic about who you are and I was talking to a friend about this who has done a fair bit of online dating and she actually uses sort of like design well she has a boyfriend now but at the time she used design thinking kind of Hmm. process so she would iterate so she would like put up a profile that she thought was like very much showed her you know all of it was truthful but very much showed her as like a 
uh, fun and spontaneous and world traveler. And then she'd sort of see what that yielded. If it didn't yield what she was looking for, she would change and be a much more like studious, intellectual, academic. You know, she would sort of paint a different portrait of herself based on like what kind of responses she was getting. Have you maintained consistency in how you present yourself? I think so. But I think everybody probably thinks so, right? I mean, I don't think, with the exception of that friend who was very intentional about doing it in that way, I think most people think, yeah, of course this is this is who I am. This is who I believe myself to be. I mean, I think the fact-checking of that is asking a friend or family member. And I have turned over my my logins and passwords to friends and said, make this say what you actually think. What I've editing. heard of that, yes. What is that They just yielding? did a lot of editing. They were like, this, you don't need this. <laughs> a lot of calling down, perhaps I'm <laughs> too verbose. Yes. Um, I had something about how, now it seems weird. Now that I'm saying it aloud, it actually seems weird. <laughs> I didn't think it was weird at the time. <laughs> um, like, within like 10 minutes of checking into a hotel room, I will have made it into a disaster. And I guess I... <laughs> <laughs> so I had that in there I don't know maybe I thought that was like a fun the other thing I think I think about now that I probably didn't think about when I started is putting something in there that could be a conversation starter uh-huh. right that sure. you wanna and some of that comes from like looking at other people's profiles and thinking like oh they look like he looks like an interesting guy but maybe there's not a hook for me to start sort of have a conversation about right especially if you're listing this sort of standard I mean everyone travels all the time I don't know if you know this but if you go everyone is a world traveler traveler. anyone is doing apparently is traveling or working out a friend of mine said if people were working out as much as they claim to be on dating apps we would not have an obesity epidemic in America because everyone is like fit and you know super active and all their photos are you know, jumping out of plane. A lot of okay. So, can we talk about photos? I don't know if this is down the, the no. list. No, go can we talk for about it. photos for a second. Yes. Because let me tell you, I got it. I got some things to say about photos. Jumping out of planes. I didn't know this many people were jumping out of planes. <laughs> Everyone has apparently jumped out of a plane except me, and it's on every single person's dating profile. Large fish catching large <laughs> sea creatures, and I'm not sure what else is to take away from that. Like, is there some sort of hunter gatherer? Yeah thing that I'm supposed to like wow you caught a giant fish I think it's supposed to just awaken something in your DNA like a provider (laughs) that is a provider really okay Mm because I don't feel that way um also because it's now become it's like every single profile somebody's jumping on a plane holding a fish so it's it's not special anymore (laughs) while holding a fish they're jumping now that that would be all over that And then this is probably like the thing I've been thinking about the most in anticipation of this conversation. I just want to, it's like public service announcement time. The bathroom selfie. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, what my are we God. doing? You don't have a single friend <laughs> you can take your picture? <laughs> I don't need to see like your shave gel and your toothbrush and. Like and, they, and most people are not in like exquisite bathrooms. It's not like I'm like pseudo Pinteresting about what your bathroom looks like. It's not an interesting bathroom. Like, why are you taking a picture of yourself, a yeah. selfie in your bathroom in the mirror? Like, just get a friend. Or you know what? If you don't have two friends, you can crop the other guy out. That's okay. I've done that. Well, so what are your? I remember having a conversation with you about this, about like the absolute definitely swipe left 
photos and swipe right photos and we had very different opinions yeah yeah so what are your like um automatic nose you know i'm not automatic no to a bathroom selfie but it it gives me great pause like you the rest (laughs) of your pictures better be on point if you're gonna have a bathroom selfie um you're you should generally keep your shirt on your shirt can be off if you are in a body of water (laughs) maybe if you're in like really close proximity to a body of water like you're like on the beach and you're like you know your ankles like you're in the sand (laughs) maybe you can take your shirt off for that right but otherwise, I mean, the number of bathroom selfies with your shirt off, I don't understand. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. this is not a thing for me. Yeah. So that's, those are usually solid swipe left. Um, it distresses me if there are, like, too many pictures of your children. This may be telling my age here. Especially if the initial photo is your children and, the, mm-hmm. and you're not there. I'm like, why am I looking at children <laughs> on a dating? Like, this does not feel right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you were, like, slightly more into the fish guys. No, I think so. your memory is definitely <laughs> off. Not about, not about a fish guy. I don't know if a fish guy would get you like an automatic left swipe. I'm okay. just more like, there's nothing unique to me about yeah. this anymore. What is gonna make you inclined to swipe right? Smiling. Hmm. Doesn't that sound basic? But I have a friend from grad school who met and married a guy online. She had a rule; she would only say yes to guys with like big cheesy grins and he has a like lovely smile and ever since she said that now i'm super attuned to how many people are not smiling in multiple pictures like i understand you know would you like one sort of like serious staring off into the sunset or whatever that's fine like a little artistic but multiple photos where you're not smiling just makes me think you're not that happy so what have you noticed as you've shifted from your 20s to your 30s how have things shifted on online in terms of the people you're meeting or seeing or how the conversations are going I just think it's like way more prevalent there's just a the volume I have no statistical basis for this whatsoever Uh other than my personal hypothesis but I just think the number of people online now as compared to 10 years ago um and I think that you know that probably means, perhaps means people who aren't as dating as seriously because it is a very easy, accessible thing now where you don't have to fill out a 30-page profile um, or questionnaire. So um, in terms of like how people date, I don't know that I see that much difference. And I think dating sort of is dating is dating, at least in America. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think... I'm guessing there are more people who are divorced and with kids. Maybe. Although perhaps that was a segment of the population that was attracted to online dating initially. Yeah. Right? I just read a, not that long ago, a New York Times um, wedding announcement of people who'd met. There were these things called personals ads and these things called newspapers. <laughs> so that was like a real throwback. Um, so I think it's, it's just a, a technological variation on a theme. It does fall in line with sort of the paradox of choice that people feel like they have a million more options. So I do think that it's created a a sense among people that you have sort of endless choice. And Aziz Ansari talks about this too, that perhaps you have then this incredibly high expectation for compatibility, right? That we have to be similar on a million fronts because if we're not, there probably is somebody out in this pool who is. Thank you. 
Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. That was Laura Lee, a journalist and veteran online dater on what to consider when building a dating profile. Okay. Wow. I love that conversation. Thank you, Laura. Yes. I really wish that we could go back in time and have it again. I know. It was really fun. We hope you guys laughed as much as we did. Yes. (laughs) So, all right. So you are not on the apps anymore. I'm not. You haven't been on apps for some time, (laughs) but I'm curious to know. Do you relate or did you relate to that Aziz and Sorry about notion about compatibility? Because you were you went on some dates and yeah. like there were some guys you're like okay that was fun but so like was that something that was always in the back of your mind? I think so. I think also because the culture of online dating, at least in how I experienced it, is like. I, or I was encouraged at least to go on a lot of first dates Mm -hmm. and then sort of make decisions from there which felt so counterintuitive to me to me it'd be like you go and you meet someone and then based on you know the kind of experience you have you decide whether you want to go forward versus just like blah like going a million dates so i feel like in that sense there is like like, you would be like a one at the time kind of thing yeah that's like felt normal to me okay but i feel like friends who knew that i'd never done it before encouraged me to just like go on a bunch of first dates uh-huh. and just like get a lay of the land. And I think that <laughs> like like you want to get a sense of like the range of compatibility, the range of options, and mm. then go from there. So yeah, I do feel like there is I mean, because you have so much choice, like you literally have all of these people that you know are interested in some kind of relationship. You have no idea what kind. Like Right. It creates that sense of like, well, if not one, then the other, and who knows what the fit might be. So yeah, for sure. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Well, our next guest is a woman named Emily Ladau, and Emily came on our radar last fall because she wrote a piece for the New York Times about her experience online dating. Dating online is definitely different than meeting someone and then ending up dating them in real life because in real life, the wheelchair speaks for itself right away. So Emily is a writer, communications consultant, and disability rights activist. She has a physical disability called Larson syndrome, which is a genetic joint and muscle disorder, and she's used a wheelchair for her whole life to get around. A few years ago, she started online dating after getting out of a long-term relationship. So when I first made an online dating profile, I decided to present myself as someone who is 
not disabled. I left out the detail altogether and then would wait until I had a conversation going pretty steadily with somebody and drop it on them like a bomb in the hopes that because I had already charmed them with my wit and my personality that the wheelchair wouldn't be a problem. So at first the conversation would be good and then all of a sudden when I would break the news about the wheelchair the men wanted nothing to do with me anymore. It was just constantly creating rejection for me. And so I finally decided to be a little bit more forward about my disability. It is a part of who I am and it's a part of what I do on a daily basis because my career is so inextricably linked to my identity. But at the same time, I found that I was still hesitant to let on too much. And so I really found myself gravitating towards apps that didn't require very long profiles. So I've had several uncomfortable experiences related to my disability on dates that I have coordinated through dating apps. I know that there have been times when men seemed a little hesitant about my disability, but they were still willing to go on a date with me because they said that I seemed like a cool person. And then if I started to mention anything related to my disability or if we had some kind of access issue, then all bets were off. So a perfect example of this is going on a date to a paint night and thinking that I had picked out a location where the paint night would be wheelchair accessible only to find out that the venue was not in fact wheelchair accessible. So I had to eat dinner with my date while we were listening to the talking and the laughing from the paint night upstairs. And as you can probably imagine, after that, I was completely ghosted by this guy. I did try to set up a third date, even though, to be honest, I wasn't really feeling it either. And he told me that he was traveling for work and that he would be away for an undisclosed amount of time. So I guess it was mutual ghosting, but it was still a really uncomfortable experience. After having so many experiences that I can either sum up as total tragedies or a complete comedy of errors, depending on how you look at it, I finally decided to be 110% upfront about disability in all my dating profiles. So I wrote a full paragraph on OkCupid talking about disability as part of my identity, and I wrote a small line on my Tinder profile that said that I was voted the hottest wheels in high school, uh, which is true. 
And so I said that people could ask me about that. And honestly, I think I started talking to more guys after that. And I know that probably seems like a surprise. And it was a surprise to me too. But I think that being upfront about my disability right away possibly either intrigued people which is strange to say, but true, or it's possible that I was just able to weed out the people who wanted nothing to do with it in the first place. So my conversations started feeling more authentic. So currently I am in a relationship with someone who I actually did meet through a dating app through Tinder and I'm pretty happy about it. I think I'm still a little surprised by it, but it just goes to show that there are people out there who will take you for you. That's Emily Ladau, a writer, communications consultant, and disability rights activist. You can find all of her work, including links to her own podcast, The Stall, at wordsiwheelby.com. And we're going to be sharing the New York Times op-ed that she wrote about online dating on our social media accounts this week. So did you change the way that you presented yourself on your profiles as you went along? I did not change anything, um, but I think I wish I had taken out the fact that I work in public radio Mm. Um, because some of them are just like short little bios and I think I said like public radio producer (laughs) and just like all of the bad NPR jokes or the like I love NPR I can't believe like I know someone famous like that just got old so quickly and I feel like overshadowed any other form of Uh communication or they like looked you up and listened to your (laughs) feminist podcast that that too I did have I did have a very very creepy date um, where a guy revealed that he basically listened to every single episode (laughs) And was, like, bringing up facts about my life that I didn't even remember divulging in the episode. Mm. So Just wait till someone hears this one. (laughs) (laughs) What are you going to do out there, people? Don't worry. I'm not on the the apps anymore. You can't find me. Uh, Yeah, so I definitely did regret that. And I thought a lot about sort of how the little things that you choose to reveal about yourself go a long way. Like, when Mm. you have such limited information about someone and you just have a photo and, like, a couple of facts you make really snap judgments based on what is or isn't said um yes and good segue to our next guest actually yeah so tell us who we have next yeah so next um we have one of my best friends from childhood um erica vidge and uh erica and i have talked a lot about dating and her experiences dating as an indian woman and perceptions that she has about sort of how men respond to her based on the fact that she is Indian. And um, Erica wrote a piece at one point for Thought Catalog about this. So I asked her to follow up and she sent us a voice memo about what it's like to date on dating apps for her. So here's Erica. Hi, my name is Erica Vidge. I'm 29 years old, living in Oakland, California, and I am Indian American. 
I started online dating at the end of 2016 after my little brother got married because, well, my little brother had gotten married and I figured it was about time to figure out my own shit with men. I also wasn't really meeting men in my daily life as I was in a new place and had started a new job. I was new to the Bay Area, working in a pretty isolating organization with few young men in it. So I decided to try online dating. It was awkward at first, but once you lean into the awkwardness and just decide to be your weird authentic self, you not only attract folks who might work well for you, but also you just don't feel like you're lying to anyone. And I'm not someone who plays games, especially not online and not when it's low stakes. I've always gotten a lot of comments about my smile, both online and in person, because let's face it, I have a nice one. But I also realized that I got fewer connections online than I had otherwise expected. This isn't because I'm conceited, I don't think I'm a model or anything, but rather I'm under the impression that men swipe right on most folks, so the math just didn't add up for me. Maybe it's because my online pictures weren't super sexy, or maybe it's because they were genuinely not attracted to me, but I do think a chunk of it does have to do with race. Pretty immediately, I realized that most of the not-white guys I swiped right on, I would match with. The white ones, however, were a lot more hit or miss. And I'm not thinking like, oh, I'm a hot lady, I should be matching with everyone. It was just pretty obvious. Indian men would always match with me, I'm Indian, and black and Hispanic guys would too. White men, much more rarely. There are a lot of white guys on dating apps, and more white guys than other races, But I'm pretty selective and have been told by many men that men just swipe right on everyone. So clearly they weren't swiping on me. And, you know, there are lots of studies that say online dating is pretty racist too, with white ladies on top and everyone else falling lower to the bottom. Men don't flat out comment on me being Indian, but I know that they're thinking about it, even if only subconsciously. To illustrate, I was grocery shopping with a boyfriend who had met on Bumble, by the way, and another guy came up and started asking me about where I'd gotten some vegetables in my cart. After he had walked away, the boyfriend said, I think he was flirting with you, to which I responded, maybe, but who cares? The boyfriend went on to say, maybe he has a thing for Indian girls, to which I retorted, or maybe he just thought I was objectively attractive. We talked about it later, and the boyfriend said he had realized right after he said it that it was unkind to have said. I think it's good for white folks to have those types of experiences where they catch themselves saying something racist to a person they deeply care about because it illuminates their own unconscious biases and they can catch those thoughts in the future. What I hate most is the refusal to acknowledge that I am brown and a guy is white. Like when white men say race doesn't matter. My last boyfriend was like that. He was what I like to call a white liberal and said to me flippantly once, why can't you just be attracted to who you're attracted to? The reason why is that ignoring race doesn't make racial issues and differences go away. I'm different than the white men I date. We have background differences and past differences, our families speak different languages, and have experienced historically different worlds. And also, internalized racism. I tend to be particularly attracted to Jewish men. I don't know why, but that's generally my type. While I would definitely prefer to end up with an Indian-American man because I think it would make keeping Indian values and traditional knowledge within the family easier, I also know that it's simply not going to happen. 
When I was younger, I struggled with the concept of internalized racism, where you're basically racist against yourself or put some other race above your own. The race with elevated status over mine is white folks, of course. So when I was younger, I spent a lot of time wondering if I was dating white men because of what it meant to be a person of color dating a white man or because I was simply more attracted to white folks. I still struggle with this concept a lot. The hypocrisy of having preferences of my own that skew white and being resentful of white men who want to date ethnic women exclusively. As an aside, I have often joked that Indian men I would be into are dating white women. I also think society sees white women as the prize, so if a brown guy gets a white woman, there's definitely an element of winning there. Maybe that's not true, but it's kind of how it's always felt to me. A number of years ago, I was inspired to write a thought piece for a blog site about internalized racism called Brown Girl Problems. Here's an excerpt. I have, and likely will always have, an inferiority complex against white women. On more than one occasion, I have been taken aback by the cute guy asking for my number, mine, instead of the equally attractive white girl standing within his line of sight. When dissecting the issue, more than one of my ethnic friends has confessed to feeling the same guilt-ridden sort of shock that I do in similar situations. On the other hand, more than one has disagreed with me, attributing such twisted and self-deprecating feelings to my neuroses, or perhaps to the fact that I grew up in a predominantly Caucasian Midwestern town, and therefore might simply have a skewed perspective of beauty and what is or is not considered attractive. While social conditioning could very well be the root cause, my feelings are neither unjustified nor, unfortunately for me, lacking in contextual support. For example, a boy once ended things with me via email, no less, by stating he was no longer physically attracted to me. I believe his exact phrasing was something like, you're one of the only Indian girls I've ever found attractive. Interesting. As though it was a fun fact, and an exclamation mark would somehow soften the message's blow. Three years later, I'm over what he said, but I cannot forget the harsh words that cut down an entire race, over one billion people scattered across the world with one fell swoop. I think it's pretty safe to say that I'd still have this inferiority complex, years later. Though, as the years have gone by, and with lots of therapy, they've lessened. I really don't know what it would take for me to become more comfortable dating online or in general. I think being comfortable in your own skin is really important, and I've definitely gotten closer to feeling that as I've gotten older. There's a line from this movie called Celeste and Jesse Forever, where Emma Roberts' character is crying about a breakup and says something like, does it ever get better? Rashida Jones, consoling her, says, no, but you do. I think that's generally how I feel about dating. It's awful. Honestly, truly awful. Especially if you're pretty self-loathing, which I'm working on. I also think it's hard for women because you're told to be independent and fierce, but also that your looks have an expiration date and you're supposed to aspire toward marriage. As someone with attachment issues and a lot of anxiety in relationships, I only very recently gave myself permission to want partnership. And I'm not going to give up finding someone just because dating is hard to do and I'm afraid that white men won't be into me because I'm not white or whatever other internalized bullshit American society and colonialism has foisted upon me. So I guess the answer to what it would take for me to feel more comfortable dating online or even dating in general would be to become more comfortable in my own skin to forgive folks who commit microaggressions toward me, and to move on mindfully. Whenever I get nervous about dying alone, or look in the mirror and wish I could miraculously morph into a tall, thin, blonde, white lady, 
I try to take a deep breath and remember that whoever I end up with will be the right person for me and will be attracted to me for me. Someone who isn't going to swipe right on me because my skin contains a bit more melanin than theirs does. Well, the ozone layer continues to deplete, guys. They're just screwing over their future children who will sadly be destined for a life of sunburn and, you know, higher risk for skin cancer. That is it. That is our show on online dating. You can make sure to listen to it on your iTunes account or your Stitcher account. You can share it with your friends so they they listen to it. And you can find us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's where we're going to be sharing all of the pieces written by our guests today. And um, that's it. Yeah. She and her radio.com, a good clearinghouse for all of our stuff and uh, we'll see y'all soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.